Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and off. your mom didn't tell me about the Blobbies. And I'm off Sinensky, and Alex, that's not for you, bitch! Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, a friends podcast between pretty good friends. We are here today to discuss season one, episode four, the one with George Stephanopoulos, which originally aired on October 13th, 1994, and which I couldn't pronounce last week, but I did it right there. So yeah, Rachel start. couldn't pronounce it this week. Yes, Snuffleupagus. Um. Yeah. And is there anything else, or do we dive right in? Uh, we should. I think we could dive right in. I think we have a lot to cover in mm-hmm. this one. But yeah, it's. Uh, it was written by Alexa Young, her first uh, writing credit. Um, directed again by James Burroughs, three out of four for him so far. And this episode of Friends was seen by nineteen point seven million people. So they keep going down. The show has no future. It's no future. It's over. Yeah. Um, it's going to straight in the toilet. Only 19.7 million people saw it tonight. It aired. Mm-hmm. Very pathetic. Um, so, yeah, we uh, start out as we always do so far at Central Perk. Um, just shooting the shit like we always do. Um, yeah, none of it. Right. It's like it does beg the question if either, any of these people have jobs. Like they're just like always except for Rachel. She's the only one that's at work. Yes. Um, so they're going around and they're all talking about what they would do if they were omnipotent, um, to which Phoebe, you know, very generously wants world peace and hunger and great rainforests and bigger boobs. Um, Chandler would make himself omnipotent forever. And when Joey comes in and they ask him the question, he says he would kill himself because he thinks they said impotence. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and I, I thought the the Ross no omnipotent joke. I thought that was a solid joke. Yeah, that's a good joke. Omnipotent. Yeah. He's like, oh, yes. so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we jump into the uh, credit scene where uh, you know the, the theme song, um, where so this is a unique credits because this credits they put in clips from this very episode into the credits. But also from future episodes, no? But also for future episodes, yes. Yeah. But that's but that was the same for the rest of the season. So this is the only episode that has this set of clips. Oh, this is not the permanent one going for they switch it again the next week. Right. Right. Okay. There's a there's a moment in the credits that has kind of been like haunting me. There's like this moment towards the end where David Schwimmer like just like moves his upper body and his suit looks way too big on him. And it's very creepy. And I don't like it. Um, okay, so we jump back to Central Park for the episode proper, and we have Ross and Monica hanging out with a sleeping Phoebe, who's sleeping on the couch right in the middle of Central Park. Um, and she wakes uh, up. We, we, we call that pulling in Amir. Uh, no, Amir doesn't fall asleep. <laughs> he never does. Um, yeah, Op, can you fall asleep in public? Uh, I could, yeah. 
I could. Yeah. Are you insecure in bed? Um, no. And I'm not deaf. <laughs> um, but yeah, Phoebe's grandmother is and her boyfriend, and they're just been keeping her up with their loud sex noises. So she's gonna sleep at Monica's tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Chandler and Joey then enter. Joey uh, declares that it is only 97 steps from the apartment to the coffee shop, uh, which seems not accurate, but um, I guess we don't really know for sure. Um, and they see Ross, and they're really excited to tell him that they have tickets for three to tonight's Rangers versus Penguins hockey game. Well, hold on. No, that's what a normal person would say, mm-hmm. right? Well, you just said, hey, great news. We have three tickets to the game tonight. <laughs> Instead, they have to, like, invent this fake birthday thing. Right. Which, if anything, I think is even worse because, like, the implication is, like, well, we would never invite you to a game unless we <laughs> thought it was your birthday, which is, like, more insulting now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah, they could. Right. Why don't they just say, like, oh, we've got tickets. Do you want to go? Like, you're our first choice. Yeah. Just in general, like, there's a lot of non canonness to this. Like, this presentation of, like, Chandler and Joey is the big sports fans. Mm-hmm. And, and then Ross is, like, the non fan. Like, Chandler will later on a Thanksgiving episode openly admit that he knows nothing right. about sports and he's only faking it. Right, right. They're like, he and Monica, like, gives him permission yeah. to watch the parade. Yes. So, um, yeah, a little bit of inconsistency here, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so Ross looks at the tickets and realizes it that it's a very notorious date. Yes. It is, in fact, the birthday of both my mother mm-hmm. and Mr. Robert Sesternino, October mm-hmm. 20th. Mm-hmm. But also. But also the date on which he and Carol first were intimate in the conservation variety. Yes, which, which, which Monica, like, she's immediately well aware, obviously, of the day yes. her brother had sex. Yes, this is, a, this is immediately the high bar of, of, yes. of, their, of their weirdness, I think. Yes. Um, Every time like, I've it, ever hooked up with somebody, the first call is to my sister. Yeah, so it's not just that she knows the date. It's that, like, she has been aware since the morning that today is the day <laughs> and has been, like, anticipating how her brother is going to respond on this day. She's just, like, yeah. she's dreading that, like, oh, I know it's this day and, like, Ross is going to be in bad shape today. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, that's fine. That's being a good sister, knowing that, you're, that your brother's, like, an insane person. <laughs> I, I know, but, like, not because, like, you just, like, are so plugged in to what the yes. date that he lost, yeah. that he, yeah. like, had sex it's, with Carol. for the It's on time. your calendar, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so he's like, I'm not going to go to the game. I'm just like, I'm too much in a bad mood. Um, you know, maybe I'm just going to go home instead and think about my ex-wife and her lesbian lover. And Joey's like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. We can all do that. Um, but they're able to convince him by promising him that they will purchase a big foam finger for him. Mm-hmm. So Rachel comes over to join the crew, and she's really excited because she just got an envelope with her first ever paycheck. Yeah, and we've uh, discussed like the the timeline before. Yeah, I was yeah I was yeah. gonna raise this, but yes, it makes no it's sense. impossible. She, she there's no way she's only been working there for two weeks based on everything else we've been told through four episodes. She's been there for like three or four months at this point. Yeah, so I actually like was trying to figure out if I could see the order in which the episodes were were filmed. Because I was, I had a theory that maybe this one was earlier in the pecking order originally. But the um, rest of the narrative is sequent, like. Well, or you're saying this specific scene, like, well, like the, I mean, the paycheck I, joke. Well, why is anything else that happens in this episode sequentially after anything else that we've seen in the show? Um, I mean, we need them all to be single at least, like the girls. Right. Okay. So it's so, just after little- episode one. Yeah. No, but Monica has, I mean, Monica's has like a boyfriend or is dating someone in other episodes. And uh, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, she breaks right. up with someone at the end of okay. the episode. Um, because also, like, it seems like 
the whole Rachel storyline in this episode seems like she's already like past that in like the previous few episodes. Like the fact that she like regresses to this, like, oh, they're not gonna make the right decision. Like this, like I feel like this is almost like should have been okay. slotted in this episode, episode two, two or three, or maybe three. Okay, um, which then also lines up better with the timeline that we talked about because we felt like it's been at least a month. Like Barry already came and went on his honeymoon. Like all yeah. sorts of stuff have happened. Um, the fact that he's never gotten a paycheck yet just. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. They're, um, they're, they're mistreating their employees at Central Park, it seems like. Yeah. Maybe they're just paying her uh, a bunch of money in arrears, which uh, would make it even worse when everyone uh, reacts yeah. to her paycheck. Yeah. So this is actually five weeks. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to make matters worse, she has to give a whole bunch of it to FICA, which does not yeah. make her happy, especially because she doesn't know what FICA is. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it just means taxes. Yes. Uh, I feel like it's a very old joke, but maybe Friends is the first one to make it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But um, yes, but they all, you know, they all to tell her, like, don't worry, it's plenty of money. And then uh, at the first opportunity, they all throw, you know, very generous tips on the table. Um, So, yeah, we have our guys heading out for hockey and in come Rachel's three friends from Long Island, Leslie, Joanne and Kiki. They heard from their mom that Rachel is working as a waitress in the city. And it's true. Mm. One of the girls is is carrying a Zabar's bag on top of all the department store bags, just to uh, really emphasize the uh, stereotypicalness of them. Hmm. Yeah, Zabar's for those who don't know is an Upper West Side uh, Jewish deli. Yeah. Um, but like, I think not actually kosher. Right? Not technically kosher. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Like all the good Jewish delis. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we got Leslie, we got Joanne, we got Kiki. Rachel is uh, very excited. This reminds me of the, like, um, the line in the Blue Fringe song about the girls that, like, jump and scream because they haven't seen each other in one whole week. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, that's a good reference there. Yeah. when suddenly I hear a high-pitched scream. I turn around to see what that could be. And then I notice two seminaries. Girls and they hug and shriek because they haven't seen each other for one whole week. I guess although it sounds like Rachel hasn't seen them in a while, but um, you know they uh, you know they uh, make fun of her that uh, she looks like she's in a play wearing the uh, apron, and we find out that Leslie is pregnant. Uh, Kiki is very uh, thin and glamorous, and Joanne has been made partner in her father's firm. I wonder how she pulled that off. Yeah. What must be the age of 24. The, the scene is very annoyingly, like, um, very annoyingly sort of like sitcom to me. Like, oh, yeah. And Kiki's like, engaged, right? The way that they're all screaming for each other. So, like, okay, I get Rachel screaming because for her this is news, but, like, those other things aren't news. Like, you know, like, those things aren't news to each other, right? Like, they've been seeing each other. Rachel's the one who's been out of the loop. Yeah. Um. Also, like, she would never start, guess who my father is making partner? She would say, guess who just made partner? Like, she's not going to go out of her way to diminish her own, you know. Guess who's the baby of this Nepo? Yeah, exactly. And then, like, and then, like, the way Monica makes fun of them, um, you know, to Phoebe, while funny, again, like, wouldn't really happen in real life, especially because, like, these people would probably know her and she them, right? Like, or even if these are the college friends, they they know Rachel's family, so they they have some overlap, you know, they, they probably should have some familiarity. Um, but yeah, so this whole scene just struck me as like very sitcom. Yeah. Um, we, um, you, you almost certainly do not realize it, but we have a, um, another curb crossover here. 
Oh, one of the girls? One of the girls, Leslie, is mm-hmm. played by Lisa Zelkin, who was in season seven, episode four, The Hot Towel. Um, it says she is a smile passerby. I don't even know what that means. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's all. She, she smiles as she walks by. All right. She got a credit, though. Good for her. Yeah. So um, we have to add her to our list. We have to add her to our list. Yeah. And to make matters even better, welcome to the Anita Barone Club. She has the trifecta. She was in season seven, episode seven of Seinfeld, The Secret Code. Oh, wow. The Secret Code, where she played secretary. <laughs> That's barely scraping by, but hey. Hey. It's, more, it's three more than I have. That's very <laughs> impressive. Yeah, so we got to yeah. add her. We got to add her. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, what, a, what a Hall of Famer. Yes. Yes, I was very excited when I put that together. Does, does she describe herself as star of Friends, Seinfeld, and Curb Your Enthusiasm? Because I would. Um, she should. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What does she have? Let's see what her. Um, I think Friends is one of her big four on IMDb. Okay. Uh, yeah, Friends, and then three other things. Murder She Wrote. She oh. was in an episode. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't remember. Yeah, smile. Smile is in quote passerby in this in this up the hot towel. I have no idea. Recollection, obviously, what that is. Secretary. I don't know what that is either. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know what it is, but I don't remember it. Um, okay, there's there, there's another big uh, Seinfeld connection coming later in this episode that I wonder if Jared Jerome picked up, and I wonder if you know if you're aware of. Uh, but we'll get there. Um, is that the person who says "smile" walking by? And probably. Says, and then, how, how about you mind your own business? How about that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that's her. <laughs> that must be her. Oh, okay. All right. So she's got yeah she's got uh, words in everyone. So that's great. Excellent. Lines. Oh, who's she? What does she do in the secret code? Oh, um, which secretary is she? Is she Peterman's <laughs> secretary? I don't know. Is she? Does Peterman's mother have a secretary in her apartment? Probably not. So she know. she doesn't get to hear Bosco, does she? Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, she doesn't know the secret code. Um, all right. Some somebody I'll figure out. Report back to us. Yeah. All right. I'm putting this into the spreadsheet. She is the smile passerby. And she was in Seinfeld. She was not in Party Down, as far as I know. So no one has so far. Yes. And she did not have any lines in the Secret Code episode of Seinfeld. Okay. Um, and presumably none of them were in the top 487 lines. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Uh, that sucks for her. That's too bad. Um, yeah. So Monica and Phoebe got are getting pretty sick of this whole... Uh, gag going on over here and they uh phoebe turns to monica, you know, i think this is my favorite line of the episode where she goes look i have elbows ah! <laughs> yeah it's pretty good uh yeah very good um so rachel wants to hear like oh what's what are people talking back back home what's the gossip she's like well uh, actually still the fact that you left barry at the altar that seems to still be the bottom the dominant storyline yeah uh, which completely tracks um and um they changed the subject she's like all right so well, like, I, I think i think barry anything up with her best friend like that's got to be part of like page like the the, above guess, the fold headline like, yeah well the whole story i'm sure is yeah, like yeah. the talk of the town you yeah. know oyster bay or wherever yeah um so yeah so rachel's like no what do you mean i'm not coming back home like this is what i'm doing now like this is it um and they're like they just like completely don't understand um which i think is interesting like the the friends are like painted as like these like very cartoonish like villains almost like yeah. you know, evil stepdaughters which you know fine they probably are but like 
we're like so much supposed to be on the perspective of like, oh, like, of course, like Rachel is doing this like cool, brave thing and like it's and it's good and whatever. But it's well, like because she's the hero of the show. Otherwise, yeah, right. In real life, but like, yeah. yeah, from their perspective, it's like this this woman had like a psychotic breakdown, yeah. like left her, you know, went fine. Even if you like didn't like this guy, Barry, fine. Like you don't need to like abandon this entire very good lifestyle to like go live like and like struggle in the city. Like just like marry a different guy who will support you like and who you like uh, sure but like i mean many if not many 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 people we knew in our social circle went to live in the city after college and would live in these apartments with four other people crammed in like with like fake walls and like not making so much money because of like the social experience of being young and in your 20s and single and living yeah. in Manhattan. Like, oh i'm i'm yeah. not saying it doesn't make sense i'm just saying like it's from their perspective like it's a face it's, 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 it's completely nuts yeah well but i don't even know if it's nuts like it's just like it's 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 the timing of it is what's nuts, right? Yeah, decide to do that before you get engaged to Barry Farber DDS or, you know, before the day of the wedding. But again, I don't think that's so crazy, but as long as, oh yeah, that's a phase, but then you're gonna come back and settle down, you know, in Long Island or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, so from here, rather than just go back and forth sequentially, um, I think we'll just split into the guys and the girls because that's basically the rest of the episode. Okay. Um, and feels like this is the first time of many that that will have that kind of breakdown. Um, I think it will be fun over the course of the as we keep going to like track the different like breakdowns of like who they have hanging out with who in different episodes, mm -hmm. um, in yeah. which, you know, in which pairings we like early um, on. It is very gendered. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the guys and girls will we'll see a lot of over the course of the series. But yes, especially early on, um, it's very much, uh, you know, guys versus girls a lot of times. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, for, I, you know, I think it comes to uh, to good results here. Um, this is like very much like not a plotty episode. I guess the guys episode, the guys storyline was a little bit more plotty. The girls is just like hanging out, which I love. Um, but uh, let's go through them. So yeah, so we got our guys walking down the streets. They're headed to Madison Square Garden. They got Kovalev. They got Messier. They got Leak. But uh, Messier seems to have stopped to uh, mope about something. Or yeah, other. By the way, very annoying to me. Like so, they're just walking. You know, down the street towards the garden on a late afternoon on, I guess, October 20th. And the on first the frost. Yeah. And the sidewalk is clear enough so that they can be passing this smushed can back and forth between each other without there being like a million strangers. Uh, like, you know, you would not be able to complete a single pass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like two blocks away from the garden, right? Yeah, before exactly. Rangers. Yeah. 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 Yes, or, or um, anywhere between where they live, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, so everything is reminding him of Carol, Boots, a peach pit, even though it was really a nectarine, a bus yeah. stop because she took a bus, <laughs> um, and like Joey Chandler starting to get like pretty annoyed. Yeah, it's also um, very annoying, and I know that this is network television, but like this is not how three guys in the talk to each other. Like, <laughs> Ross is like so awkward and embarrassed each time to say right. like that they had sex. Right. You know, like yeah, that's not a. But again, I understand they're right, and like men in their twenties don't like. Like, oh, like, really, you still actually uh, like kicking the kid? Like, yeah, yeah, like, this is how eight year olds play. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure you, I'm this, sure this you... is yay sports, like the same thing with their with their softball game last week with the shirts exactly. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you looked up this uh Rangers Penguins game from October 20th. Yeah, uh, I probably should have, but um, yeah, so know. it did not exist. In fact, okay. there was no NHL games at all at the time. Um, this was in the middle of the uh 94 95 labor strike. Oh, I didn't even remember that there was one at that time. Yeah, ninety-five was a uh, like was a shortened season. Hmm. I think like okay. 50, fifty-five games or something like that. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, yeah, this was uh, this was like the height. This was like peak Rangers. This is right after the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. So this was a very good timing for the show. Um, 
So, yeah, so he's still, you know, even the ice is reminding of him of October 20th when the first frost, everyone knows that's when it appears. Uh, winter starts in October. Um, and, you know, when the game finally starts, even though they're not all sitting together, which also going back to before, like, what are these tickets that they got? Um, he, you know, he's getting into the game and having a great time until, of course, a puck that deflects off the goalie goes into the stands and hits Ross right in the face. <laughs> um, which, of course, could never happen today because this actually happened and a, and a young girl died at a game in uh, 2002. And now oh, there's that. And then they put up the netting around everywhere. And then they have it in baseball as well now. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, makes it harder to see, but uh, harder to get killed. So, you know, good trade. Yeah. Um, and Joey is like very excitedly pointing at Ross on the Jumbotron. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. They, Joey gets the puck and right. They get on TV. Yeah. yeah Joey's very funny in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was playing uh, pickleball last week. And for the first time ever, this happened to me. A ball hit me directly in the face. Oh, good. Yeah. It sounds like it would hurt. Oh, uh, it's a pickleball. So no, it's like a softball. It's like a wiffle ball, basically. Oh, so okay. Not not the same as a uh, hockey ball. Not as a, not as a, by a, by a yeah. NHL player. <laughs> 90 miles an hour. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, so they head over to the hospital, and um, Ross wants to be seen, but Nurse Sizemore is mm. not having it. Because yes. she, for, for at this moment, is a little bit busy on the phone with the candy bar company to register yes. her dissatisfaction. And yes. uh, her, her nurse Sizemore's entire character is like so sitcom to me. And even <laughs> when it's funny, it's like so absurd. It's like, you know, <laughs> oh, I, I love nurse Sizemore. I okay, think she's fantastic. No. How dare I insult her? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, but I find but, but, but to get to the end of the night, there are no I mean, forget there's no consequences for her for any of her behavior at yeah, work. She got in the head. Well, I was going to say there's no consequences for like from her perspective. They assaulted her like she's been arguing with this guy all night and then he hits her like. She's she's not gonna buy. Always oh, a mistake, but yeah, there there will be zero consequences for anything that happens here in the emergency room or the predicament room, as Chandler uh, jokes. Um, yes, um, I would have thought you would like her. You both are from Minnesota. Oh, Miss Mary not... Paige Gleason. Oh, the actress you're saying. The actress, yeah, oh, yes. Um, We're the yes. She. Um, uh... By the way, why are they even in the ER? Like, there would be medical folks at the garden. Right. I don't like, you know, notwithstanding Chandler's line, I don't think this is a serious enough injury that they have to go to the emergency room, do they? Um, I mean, he might have gotten, you know, he says like he got his face bashed in, like yeah. his nose might be broken. I don't know. No, I don't know. Because he sort of seems to be sitting there uh, more or less fine in the waiting room. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she was um most famously Jane Hogan on a daytime soap opera. OK. Um. And most recently, she was on seven episodes of Mom. In her final appearance on October 24, 2019, her character died of a brain aneurysm. Mm. And this was her final television appearance as she herself Ooh. died from uterine cancer in June of 2020. Oh, I'm sorry to hear uh, that. But technically, she died from COVID. <laughs> That's how they had to mark it. <laughs> no comment. Um, so, yeah. So, um Joey is like sitting next to Ross and he's like taking the hockey puck and keeps kind of like zooming it into his face. Yeah. Um, which Matt LeBlanc named in an interview to be his favorite all time Joey moment on Friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I like, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's the number one Joey moment, but uh, Matt LeBlanc disagrees and, uh, you know, his opinion matters. Um, eventually, Chandler goes up to her and is like, We've been waiting for an hour. What's going on? Um, she shuts the glass in his face, so he keeps talking. Do you know? Do you know what this was? This Commandora? Did you recognize this? 
this reference? Yeah. No. I no. Couldn't, and I tried Googling yeah. it. I couldn't figure it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if we couldn't figure it out. If somebody knows what it is, let us know. Um, everything I Googled for it just came up as Chandler. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think he's the original here. He's clearly doing something from like a movie or a play. Um, so yeah, so Ross is still like super moopy and everyone's like finally just like they've had it with him. And he reveals that it's not just that it was the first time he had sex with Carol. It was the first time he had sex with anyone. Which yeah. doesn't really now make any of this make sense. Yeah, and also it's sort of weird to me that Ross had never previously mentioned when he lost his virginity. Like he and Chandler will be portrayed as like very close, like nerdy virgin type friends going, you know, in college. I feel like he would have definitely shared with Chandler previously when, uh, you know, when he lost his virginity. So, yeah, and also it's like, so he's, I think we're supposed to think he's what, like 26 now? Well, we know Monica's 26. Okay. And, and Ross older. older. So he's 27. I think he's one he's year 20. older. Fine. So he was with Cowell for seven for seven years. Yeah. Which means that he lost his virginity at 20. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's maybe on the old side. It's not like he was 29, right? Like Yeah, it's not it's not like make a whole TV show about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, right? Chandler, it's like fine. So like, like he didn't have insane. sex in high school or, or his first year of college, and then he met a girl and married. Yeah. Fine. Like that's yeah. not like the like the most pathetic. I mean, story yes, it's there. unusual. It's unusual to, you know, have sex with one person in your life. It, you know, I think for people from their background, certainly. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But but yeah, but they act as if he's like some ins- but again, to me it's also just the idea that like that it's never been mentioned before is weird to me. Or um, like, okay, well, Joey wouldn't know, but Chandler could have known. But yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. I just whatever. It doesn't even seem like that notable to me. It's like, yeah, he was like a nerdy guy and like, like didn't have like girlfriends until yeah. like you know yeah. he met someone that he liked. Like you yeah. know, and you're saying twenty, yeah, or, <laughs> twenty, right? It's, college, not, it's not like it's he was insane. thirty, like it's twenty. It's like yeah. yeah, it's right, exactly. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Maybe I'm way off. What do I know? Um. Gen Z. Gen Z. They don't have sex anymore. That's what they say in the, yeah. the surveys. So 20 super young. Yes. You and I, of course, have both had sex with thousands of women by the time we were 20. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, not thousands, hundreds. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't as cool as you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So when, when Joey realizes, he's like, oh, well, there's a lot of better places we could have gone if I had known, like, you know, the, the backstory here. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is now like t- twice in four episodes that Joey basically is trying to encourage Ross to go to strip clubs. Yeah. Um, I assume that's what he meant. Yeah. Um, so eventually he goes to see the doctor and like Joey and Chandler are kind of like um, first like Chandler's like saying like, oh, you know, it's actually kind of sweet. But he's like, nah, you're right. He's a freak. Um, and uh ross returns he's got this big piece of like steel banded his nose and uh nurse the nurse laughs in his face and chandler compliments him on his work in silence of the lambs (laughs) and as you alluded to earlier to end off this uh particular story ross realizes that this uh bratty child who's actually credited in the in the episode as bratty kid or something (laughs) like that yeah um it's like, no finders, keepers, it's my puck, and they fight over it, and it ends up hurling across the room and hitting their size more in the face. And finally, Ross had fun. Yeah. With minimal consequences. Um, or actually, literally, literally none for everybody, except well, for, for Ross. For Ross. Yeah. <laughs> and their size more. Yeah. Two people got hit in the face. Well, I, yes, but the, yes, but there's no consequence sub- subsequent to that. I forget, yes, but you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so that's uh, that's what was, that was the guys' night. Now we head over to the girls' night. Um, the girls' night to me is uh, was the superior of the two nights, uh, mm-hmm. even though the guys went to a hockey game, which is more fun. But they yeah. also went to an emergency room, which is less fun. Much less fun. Yes. Um, so yeah, so Monica is pulling out some tiki death punch, which uh, I sent you earlier. The ingredients for the recipe yes. for tiki death punch. Are you drinking one now? I'm not, because then you like oh. you said, let's do it tonight. I didn't know we were going to do it tonight. Oh, so we didn't have uh, make the cocktail yet. I no, probably also wouldn't it. have anyway, because I don't have. Um, it involves gold rum and dark rum. I didn't know there was a difference, and white rum. Well, I have I have white rum and. I, I have white I, rum and dark rum. I didn't. Yeah, know I, I have white rum. rum and dark rum. I don't know if I have any gold rum. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, strawberry syrup. I definitely don't have that. Um, I have strawberry margarita mix. So okay. that's close enough. Pineapple juice. I, I have pineapple I have juice. Okay, so you can make it. Yeah, I also just we have a lot of leftovers from a bar. Just having and recently hosted juice, an event, so. Oh, yeah. So I was at such an event. Yeah. Um, so, and then uh, half a lime of lime juice. Mm-hmm. In fact, okay. the other night, the other night, my neighbor uh, contacts me at uh, my next door neighbor contacted me like eleven o'clock at night. He said, "Do you have triple sec?" Which is a, a rather unusual request at eleven o'clock on a on a. It was not like a weekend night per se. What night was this? Wednesday? I forget. Because um, he was making uh, margaritas at that hour. So. And then he made me one, so I was a winner as well. Yeah. Um, All right. Should okay. we speak about the girls? Yeah. All so... right. So we talked about the boys are being very juvenile, right, in many ways from their hockey playing on the street. Uh, Phoebe's pajamas are hilarious, <laughs> but, like, um, you know, a little juvenile. And then, like, these girls are playing Twister. Like, this is not a thing that a group of same-sex <laughs> friends would do after the age of eight. <laughs> and these are my yeah, notes in real time and then by the end of the episode of course they're playing co-ed twister because that's the only kind of twister that adults would play <laughs> right yeah um yeah we'll have to get back to the uh well, heterosexual adults I should yeah say. we'll have to get back to the twister um when we get there um yeah so we had a call from the visa company and there's been some unusual activity on rachel's credit card namely inactivity um, which doesn't feel like a thing that the credit card calls yes, you yes. calls you about. Yeah, it's a good uh, joke. But yeah. yeah, it's a good joke. But yeah, that's not a thing. Um, and Rachel's like, I guess you know, be- between the experience earlier with her Long Island friends and now this, um, Rachel's really in a bad mood, and she goes on this rant about you know all my old friends. They're like having great things going on. They're happy. They're successful. And look what's going on with me. I'm getting coffee, and it's not even for me. Mm. Um, so Monica tells the credit card company that Rachel has left the building. Very clever. Um, and, you know, then Phoebe tries to cheer her up. She's like, you know, you're kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk, where, like, he was down on his luck until he got these magic beans, and then he got a giant plant with endless possibilities. Um, and he lived in a village, and you live in the village. <laughs> not a good comparison. Um but yeah, Rachel is like very jealous of Jack um, for because like first of all he just gave up a cow, and Rachel had had to give up an orthodontist, and now obviously he didn't love him, but she didn't love him, but like it was still a lot to give up, um, which Phoebe makes the entire analogy crumble because Jack actually did love the cow. Yeah, yeah, um, but he loved the magic beans more. Um, so yeah, Phoebe says uh, you know everything is just floopy now for Rachel, which mm-hmm. uh, Rachel agrees with. Yeah. This is Phoebe's first floopy. Oh, is floopy an ongoing Phoebe word? I don't even remember. Is it, what's the thing that her mom says that that's how they know that they're related? I don't know. Oh, um, I thought it was floopy. I thought floopy is like a very classic word of hers. Phalange? Is it that? No. Regina oh, it was a, no, sometimes I feel. <laughs> that's like her no, fake no, name, right? Sometimes I feel, oh, you know, just all floopy. 
Uh huh. Okay, sure it could be. Yeah. It could be. Um, the credit card company also, obviously, as you said, they don't call to say there's no, and also they don't share the information with uh, someone who isn't Rachel on the phone. <laughs> right. But, um, um, yeah. I sent you off a, a freeze frame of a photo on the table on the couch um, where Rachel and Monica are talking. When did you do that? Um, last week when I was watching this episode. Hmm. Uh, let's go to our chat. Oh, I see. And, yeah. Well, who are the, who are, <laughs> who are these two, two, these two white yeah. people? Yeah, yeah. The, this, um, this, this is in Monica's apartment. It's a photo. It's a framed photo of a, a very white male and female who uh-huh. look like they're. I mean, it's clearly the picture that comes in the uh, the, the frame when you buy the frame. Yeah. So, uh, on point. I just went to see the room in mm-hmm. theater last week, um, which was super duper awesome. Um, one of the things that people do when you go see the room, which is you know a very very stupid movie. Um, is they do they do a similar thing? All of the pictures in the in the main apartment where the room takes place have the original picture in it, which which is just a picture of a metal spoon. Okay. So one of the things that you do when you go see the room is every time they show a photo with a spoon, uh, everyone yells spoons uh, and everyone throws plastic spoons in the air. <laughs> so we kept we kept joking that like like the custodian who comes at the end of the night is gonna be like so confused. He's like, why are there four thousand plastic spoons on the floor in this theater? Yeah. Although probably one of the least uh oh one of the yeah, least annoying yeah. things to clean up, but just yeah. still very confusing. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, this is very much the stock photo that was in the frame, clearly. Clear. Yes. Um, the production ground. By the way, I, I forgot to mention it's very fitting that the girls are drinking frozen cocktails during this episode because, as I said, I just was the other night as well when my neighbor gave me the frozen ah, margarita. There you yeah. go. So hanging um, out on a random weeknight with a, a frozen cocktail. Good way to go. Yeah. So the pizza arrives. Um, the pizza man is a guy named Sean Whalen who's been in like a bunch of stuff over the years, um, but uh, was not very big yet at this moment in time. And he gives them a pizza, which turns out to be a mushroom, green pepper, and onion pie, which is not what they ordered. They ordered a fat-free crust with extra cheese. Um, what is a fat-free? I never heard of fat-free crust. Is that? A- yeah. How can a crust be fat-free? I mean, it doesn't have extra cheese stuffed in it, I guess. But like, no. But that's just a regular yeah, crust. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking, of, I I made a homemade pizza tonight. Also. Oh yeah. Did yeah. you keep? Did you keep any of those ovens from your party? Is that how you oh, did it? No, 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 I made it in the regular oven. Yeah, sorry, nothing fancy. Ah. My, my my wife came home, gave me a bag of dough, and said, "Here, make some pizza." So I did. Um, yeah. All right, are we still looking at pizza, or is it time to talk about George Snuffleup? Um, so yeah, so it turns out that the, the the pizza guy switched the pies, and they have George Stephanopoulos' uh, Stephanopoulos's pizza, <laughs> I got you. and uh, seemingly he has his, he has theirs. Yeah. Um, and to escalate matters, the pizza delivery guy reveals that when he was over at the Stephanopoulos residence, he was wearing just a towel. Mm. Sounds like George is a. Uh... Acting a little inappropriately with the pizza delivery person. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay. So, yes, let's talk about George Snuffleupagus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big Bird's friend. Um, his father was a Greek Orthodox priest, so we know that he probably has the Kavorka. Ah, for sure. He, seem, yes. he seems to. He yes. seems irresistible in this episode. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned in the um, in our WhatsApp chat, which everyone uh, who listens to the podcast is welcome to join. Um, just let me know and I'll add you. Um, but I watched The War Room 
earlier today, which is a like very behind the scenes documentary about the 92 campaign that is very focused on uh, both Stephanopoulos and James Carville and their role in the Clinton campaign. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the war room or, or someone shared a screen grab. It didn't say which one. And I was like, well, the one I'm interested in is this one. But then there was a bigger movie in 2015, a non-documentary with the same name. The War Dogs? The War Room? No, War Room. War Room. When you war type in War Room film like on Google, some other movie pops up first. Oh, War Room 2015. Yeah. Do I know this movie? I never heard of it. But um, yeah, the documentary oh, was uh, more American Christian drama. Oh, Oh, so maybe it was only bigger in terms of like ticket sales, not not attention in my circle. Yeah, I mean the war room, the war room, the documentary was nominated for an Oscar for oh, it was. documentary. Yeah. Oh, so why yeah. isn't that the top one? I don't know. Um, yeah, this made seventy four million dollars at the box office um, in two thousand fifteen, which is pretty good. Yeah, because I looked at it, I recognized none of the names involved. I'm like, what is this movie? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I saw that. Um, it's it's a very it's very cool. Like you really go behind the scenes. It's also just like time capsule. Like seeing J- James Carville like that young. It's like so. It's like very freaky. Yeah. Before he became the uh, stunningly attractive man, he is. Stephanopoulos looks like basically the same as he does now. Um. So yeah, he. Um. You know, very he's like, uh, Bob Costas look sort of. Yeah. So like, or Stephanopoulos, is that maybe racist that all, that all Greeks look the same? From um from you know I kind of went deep dive on his uh, Wikipedia today, and he really has like a very like Forrest Gump um nature to him. Like he was like the you know I mean I guess obviously a lot of it has just come like directly because he was involved like with Clinton and the Clinton administration. But like he was like the front man that was like put out there to like discredit Paula Jones and Jennifer Flowers and like all of the like accusers of Clinton. Yeah. Um, he was like in the center of the white. Who, who, who in hindsight probably were uh, telling the truth. about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Listen, I don't, I even don't know every single one of these who would have, but like, yeah, the vast majority of them presumably were all, yeah. not, you know, yeah. arrived at the same story yeah. about the same person. Yeah. Um, but um, he was right. He was also at the center of like the Whitewater uh, controversy. He was like arrested for drunk driving once. And then like, then took off as like a journalist and like got the week and he's like the head anchor at NBC. He's moderated um, a few presidential debates, even I think only primary ones, but not, uh, you know, still pretty big deal. Um, and he's like this like pretty big character in like pop culture, right? Like he was like the main, like he was the inspiration for like the main character in primary colors, um, which was like that big yes. Washington insider movie in like the nineties. Yes. Um, he then is, wasn't that Kevin Klein playing the Clinton character? Um, or is that something else I'm thinking of? No, you're thinking of Dave. I think, oh, right? okay, maybe. Um, yeah. Um, Michael J. Fox's character in The American President was based on him. Aaron Sorkin was clearly very obsessed with him because Sam Seaborn in The West Wing is also based on him. Um, he was in an episode of House of Cards. He was in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He appears in two episodes of Impeachment American Crime Story. Um, but most famously... I was reading on his Wikipedia page that he is very into transcendental transcendental meditation, mm. which he got was introduced to by, by Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> nice. <laughs> why, why do you? Why did you? You, you just guessed that randomly. Okay, because I know that he's into Seinfeld's into TM, okay. and I figured that's where you're going. Since so, what is George Stephanopoulos's connection to Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, so, how did he get to know him? You're saying. I mean, I don't know this for sure, but from the rest of his background, here's what I pieced and figured out today. Oh, I was uh, going to guess. Which, which I had no guess? idea. You can give All a right. guess. 
Okay. Um, I think he's married to yes someone yes. who is involved. Like, who's he married I, to? I would say he was married to someone who was in probably the most famous episode of Seinfeld. Who's he married to? You may know her as Schmoopy. Oh, Allie Wentworth. Yes, he, he's married to her. She went to Yale. She's like, yes, I, I've read her Wikipedia page before. Not recently, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. She's married to George Stephanopoulos. Yes, I did yes. know that. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, do you think, how often do you think they do You're the Schmoopy? In their house? George, George and uh, Allie. George, George and Allie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It's a good question. Yeah, so I emailed her. Um, and asked her to come on the podcast to talk about oh. the one with her husband. She, <laughs> Shocking. She, she did not respond. Shockingly. Um, hey, listen, shoot your shot, baby. Yeah. Her mother was Nancy Reagan's White House social secretary. Her stepfather was the Washington correspondent for the Sunday Times of London. So, yeah. Another yeah. Note, another yeah. Note, no, she, she, she's a very, yeah, I think I said she's very Connecticut, very, 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 very high, very high society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her maternal grandmother was an explorer. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Right? Like, who is like, oh, my grandmother was an explorer. Yeah, what did she explore? <laughs> I don't know. She, like, went exploring, like, in the wilderness to, like, try, you know, track wild and stuff. She wasn't, like, Magellan, but, like, you know, she was a less successful explorer. Um, so when they realize what an opportunity they have, they uh, grab the binoculars. They head to the balcony, seeing if they could spy on George. Um, I guess presumably we're supposed to assume that, like, they probably have the same apartment number or something. So, something like that, yeah. Right? Because otherwise, there's like, this is insane, then, right? That they think they're going to find what apartment he's in. Well, I mean, and there's even the joke with the um, with, with the naked woman later where, where Joey can't count the numbers right and he skipped the floor, remember, in a future season. Um. Vaguely, I don't remember. Yeah, that. he's yeah. counting which apartment, and, and then yes, he opens yes, it, yes. and then Ross is there. Right, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Or, of course, this happens in Seinfeld also, where Kramer and Jerry, like, it is impossible when I live in Manhattan, it is impossible <laughs> to know what floor someone else is on. Like, it, when you're on a high floor looking at, it's impossible. Um, yes, but, but, but on this magical patio, you can always miraculously see whatever you need to see across the patio, whether it's a fat naked guy or George Stephanopoulos, who is half naked and not fat, um, or anyone else. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's um, a very magical panel. Later on this episode, we'll see Rachel leaning off the edge on a pillow, yes. which is so dangerous. That the pillow so dangerous. I was like freaking out that yeah. entire scene. The pillow literally falls backwards to its death and Rachel yeah. drunk so, Rachel. Totally cool. So the the pillow drop was completely by accident. Like that, they just they just left it in because they liked it. But like okay. she, she dropped the pillow to its death. Yeah. Um. Wow. Do you hear that thunder? Speaking about death. No, I didn't. Uh, as you, um, as you friend that. of the, I I once stayed at a, a someone's apartment in the city with friend of the podcast uh, Butch, and Butch came home like much later than us and like wasn't able to get into the building, and Butch who had only like stayed in this apartment one night in his life like was was just there as a guest was able to like figure out from the outside of the building like which apartment it was and like climbed up the fire escape and came, and came into the correct apartment. Which was like one yeah. of the big examples of like the secret genius of Butch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I would have had a zero percent chance yes, of like yes. I would know the floor, but like to understand like the layout from the outside yeah. and the apartment like it's insane. Yes, I agree. <laughs> he like on the first shot came straight into the apartment. Easy. Um so yeah, so they're you know, they're uh they're trying to watch him. She um she, he's with a date. Uh, maybe it was Mrs. Wentworth. Ms. Wentworth, now Mrs. Stephanopoulos. Um but when she pulls for the uh, for the pizza, that's when Phoebe yells and calls her a bitch. Mm. That's when Rachel knocks over the pillow. 
Yeah. And then eventually the lights go out and they assume the couple has gone off to do the deed. It is October 20th after all. Of course, that's the day then that that is done. Um, it's absolutely insane. Like early on, they can't see anything at all going on except Phoebe with the binoculars. But then by the end of the scene, <laughs> they can all see details of what happens when he drops his towel. I mean, uh-huh. details, specific details. So, um, yes, it's a, it's a very magical patio indeed. Uh, I'm kind of surprised Phoebe, like Rachel's the one who's never heard of George Staphylophagus. Like, and Phoebe says, oh, he has that right. power tie. Like Phoebe's not the attracted to a power <laughs> tie type. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't think. So, yeah, I think a little bit of role reversal here between Ross and Chandler and between Phoebe and Rachel in a little bit. Um, yes. And then it all ends with the co-ed twister. So, yeah, well, we also we get the part where they get drunk and they um, it, re- secrets are told, reveal revelations. Oh, are yes, made. yes, yes, yes. Um, Monica reveals that the vegetable pate that she made for Phoebe was actually f- filled with goose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was um, it was in water. So they shrank. Um, and then Phoebe retaliates by telling her that she slept with Jason Hurley only a couple of hours after Monica and him broke up. Yeah. Is that worse or less worse than the goose thing? Because I can hear a strong argument in either direction. Um, I think sleeping with your friends. Well, we don't really know Jason Hurley. Like, was he like, and they were broken up if they were still dating, then it's definitely, well, but like, did they go out for a year? Then it's very bad. (laughs) Yeah, but if somebody's like a, a dyed in the wool like vegetarian, I mean, we are we are people who have sensitivities to uh, dietary restrictions, and to find out that somebody tricked you and put lobster in the eggs or put you know uh, yeah, but, you know, goose but in the vegetable pate is kosher's from God. Vegetarian is an Irish guy, so like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, okay, but yeah, all right. Um, did I did I um did I tell you the story? Well, this is probably not for a podcast story, but now we're telling it on the podcast. Um, this friend of mine uh, was who uh, like works in the real estate was talking about how he went to some building that he manages or works at, whatever the case is, and um, there were non-Jewish people living there, and they have a mezuzah on their door, mm-hmm. and so he said to them, "Oh, I, you know, I can take this off for you because you know for you know," and he would go bury it or whatever because it's a it's a it's a parchment, and they said, "No, no, no, we like it here. It gives us good luck." And he says, "Can you believe they think they for them it's like some like good luck talisman that they keep on their house?" I'm like, "What do you mean for them?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly for us also. No, we know because God told us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's uh yeah, exactly. There might be some subjectivity involved. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, um we also find out that um Rachel is the one who gave Monica a Valentine in high school, obviously not mm-hmm. a boy because she was a big girl. Yes. And Rachel peed in her pants because Monica made her laugh. Yeah. In seventh grade. Um, so, yeah, then we we head to our uh, closing credits. Everyone is playing Twister now for yeah. real. Um, and, and, and we're meant to be surprised when everyone in this group will end up sleeping with each other. <laughs> right, I guess. Except for, for some strange reason, poor Phoebe, who's uh, left out. Yeah, she's left out. Yeah, she yeah. got stuck with Paul Rudd, right? Spoiler alert, yeah. That's <laughs> poor, a t- yeah. poor thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the, the guy, some Who guy. Who Paul Rudd would be the biggest star from Friends? Um, yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Does he count as he's from Friends? <laughs> well, Paul, Paul, he was in one episode. Paul Rudd was in like a lot of episodes. Right? Yeah, he was in a lot of episodes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so some guy brings back the pillow that Rachel dropped. This guy is not credited in the episode. I, I spent pillow man? too many minutes trying to figure out who this guy was. Um, so there is a uh, there's a scene in here that they show only part of it in the now version. Um, there's like an extended version that is on the DVD, apparently, where so when Phoebe bends over, so like Joey, like kind of like gives like a smile to Ross 
and like Ross is like, come on, Joey. Um, in the like extended version, Joey says to Ross, why don't we switch places and Phoebe can be your number two, which uh, is just, I guess I would say problematic is the uh, correct yeah. verbiage they say, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. Um, so, you know, I guess uh, it's not hard to understand why that's not in the current uh, HBO Max version. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they do. I don't, I don't know how it works, like why there is the like, there's like a few scenes that are that are cut out. Um, yeah for every episode so show like, us the episode and give us a warning yeah i don't know what was originally on tv i don't oh, like, okay meaning like i don't know if these are deleted scenes or like extra scenes like we're on the on tv and now they're being cut out or like these were always kind of just like bonus scenes i'm not sure so rachel gets on the phone with the credit card company again and she tells them that everything's gonna be fine because she's got her magic beans and it's almost like saying it out loud makes her finally believe it. And our episode ends. This is all a moo point. Huh. A moo point? Yeah. It's moo. Well, how many moo points would you give this episode? I think this is probably the best we've had so far. I'm going to say that, you know, I, I really, really like the the girls part of this episode a lot more than the guys part. Um, the guys part is, as you said, I think sitcom-y. Uh The girls part is like kind of, I think for its time, it was probably like very unique to just kind of have like this, you know, three girls hanging out, getting drunk, yeah. um, you know, just, you know, shooting the shit, you know, looking across at a guy like, you know, um, the, the titular George Stephanopoulos, the ghost who never even appears in the episode is kind of a big swing to go with that as the title. Um, I'm going to say this is a uh, 3.7 Moo Points episode. Um, I give it a Moo. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, Ross is just such a loser, so insufferably <laughs> annoying. Yes. And again, not because he only had sex with one woman, which is you know quite common in our circles. Like uh, We don't judge him the way Chandler does, but... Um, although I do like that it is funny, like the, the, his ex-wife has slept with more women than he has. That's a good line. Um, <laughs> it's also kind of like surprising, isn't it? That like he didn't have like a like he's he hasn't like a sing like he's never had once like a single night since his divorce. Just go out, hook up, whatever. Like certainly when he's uh, on a break from Rachel, he does that immediately. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, well, why doesn't he use the the stupid line about never having had sex since his divorce? Right. In this world, that magically impresses me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so whatever. He's, you know, he's a whiny brat. He's difficult to watch. And he's like the focus of like the A storyline. And so yeah. um, a lot of plot holes. It's better than the first two episodes because like there was so much table setting. Um, this is where I like I kind of worry. I didn't give myself enough room to maneuver here. Well, I don't know if I should go back and change my other scores again. But I'll say this is a, uh, is, I give it a uh, moo. That's 3.4 moos. 3.4. No, just a little okay. bit less than you. Yeah, yeah, solid. Solid score. Yeah, but uh, not the best episode for me as it was for you. Yeah. Oh, come on. Be a come-with guy. Who is your come-with guy, gal, bank, etc.? My come-with guy is the 1994 Stanley Cup champion, New York Rangers. Mm. No more 1940. It's now only been 30 years since they've won the championship. So, you know, we're in good shape. Mm. So I was going to uh, propose to you actually here. As we slur it a slow. You were going to tra- propose to me? Well, I was going to make a proposition, <laughs> not that one. Oh, not yeah. a marriage. Okay. Yes. I think as we like slowly transition from Curb to Friends here on the podcast, and we're sort of like, you know, we've brought in the moo points, for example. I was thinking perhaps it's time to retire the come with guy and replace him with the best friend. Okay. I like it. Okay. All right. So we have a, we no longer will have come with guys or gals. We will have best friends. Oh, yeah. He's my, 
He's my best friend. And for me, the, the best friend of this episode has to be George Stephanopoulos. Like, we never even see him, much like the New York Rangers, although actually we do see a little bit of them. But the girls see all of him, and they are very impressed. Yes. And in my memory, I thought we did see him unless – does he appear in a later episode, or did I just Mandela? I don't effect? think so, yeah. I, I, I okay. think it's just because his name is in the episode, you assume. Okay. Like, <laughs> yes. yes, okay. All right, so, so my, my best friend in this episode is George Stephanopoulos. Okay. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Um, are we still doing fucking asshole, or do we have something for that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they're going to come up with a better expression on NBC at 8.30 or 8 o'clock than fucking asshole. So Okay, so we're going we're gonna to stick with fucking asshole. So now we have yeah. a best friend, then we have a fucking asshole. Yeah, okay. Who's the fucking asshole? Fucking asshole is FICA, obviously. They oh. take like half the money. Yeah. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> um, but when you make a lot of money, it actually, it's, um, they take out less. So it's actually good. But uh, yeah. one day I'll make that much money. <laughs> My fucking asshole is Ross for all the reasons I've already stated. He sucks. Like yeah. Rachel's annoying Long Island friends are annoying. But, you know, Ross is, you know, 20 minutes of that versus 30 seconds. Yeah, no, yeah, Ross is really rough in this episode. Right. And I'm really excited to get to the steaks of the eggplant because I finally understand how to do it. Okay. Why it's dinner for six, five steaks, and an eggplant for BB. All right. Why don't you go first then? Let's see. All right. Okay. I know how to do this. You know who gets the eggplant? Ross. He sucks. Uh, Give him an eggplant. Agreed. He gets a big fat minus one from me. I've never done that before. I've done um, it every episode. Yeah. <laughs> As you were supposed to. Uh, Chandler and Joey. Each get one steak for having to suffer through him all night. And then um, one steak to each of the girls who have fun at their sleepover. So a steak for everyone, an eggplant for Ross. That's Okay, so equal distribution of the steaks. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm giving a steak to each of the girls because they just had a great time, and I had a great time hanging with them. Um, And then I'm going to give two steaks to Joey um, because I thought he had some of the best lines this episode. I love the the omnipotent uh, back and forth. I like the the thing with the hockey puck. Um, Not as much as Matt LeBlanc, but I liked it. (laughs) Um, And obviously the eggplant goes to Ross. So um, two for Joey, one for each of the girls, and a minus one for Ross. Okay. Would you stop with the Ted dance? Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. Where's Richard? Your boyfriend is so cool. Really? Yeah, he let us drive his Jaguar. Joey for 12 blocks, me for 15. Wow. <laughs> he must like you the best. Our Tom Selleck Club, you've mentioned a couple of the guests on this episode, but obviously no one who's going to come close to uh, to that level. What do you mean? The smile passerby? <laughs> Yeah. And so I think that means it is time for the postman. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a shonda, Larry! Uh, uh, Larry uh, David! Not only are you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! Our first postman this week is from a first-time Friends postmaner, but a former pretty, pretty, pretty good postmaner and former pretty, pretty, pretty good guest, Michael J. Clark. Welcome to the Friends podcast. He says, perhaps I am showing my age, but I only know George as the Good Morning America guy. Not a bad season one episode, but I've always preferred Friends episode with unique pairings as opposed to the fellas and the girls having their own plots. I feel as though the guys are bigger Knicks fans than Rangers fans going forward. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't think the Rangers come up again, as we said earlier. Yeah, but as, as you pointed out, this is like the Rangers peak in New York yeah. City. Yes, this is, uh, what's the um, well, apex? The Knicks, a- the Knicks, go, the Knicks was, go to the finals. 
yeah, so 95. The, Knicks, the Knicks continue to be very relevant for like the rest of the 90s. Yeah, through 90s. Um, yeah, through the 90s. Rangers, yeah. not as much. Um, yeah, this is this is Apex Mountain for the New York Rangers franchise right now. Like fall of 94. Like they were still in the honeymoon period after winning the cup. Mm-hmm. MJC says two stakes each for Joey and Chandler for trying to cheer up Sad Boy Ross. One stake to Monica for being even Steven by getting the pillow back that Rachel lost. And the eggplant goes to Ross. I know he's hurting, but he was insufferable. Also got a puck facial and some pretty shoddy effects. <laughs> and he gives the episode three and a quarter Unagi. Alex, so that's two decimal points now? Uh, we don't we don't necessarily need to honor that. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading what he wrote. Alex Orvitz says, hey, Avin mm. Chester, this episode was my favorite so far. Same. Both stories worked really well and were pretty funny. All the way through. Omnipotent is hilarious delivery from both Schwimmer and LeBlanc. Four out of five move points. Come with guy is the Visa company for doing wellness checks. The fucking asshole is Ross for being mopey to the nth degree. The stakes, he gives two to Phoebe for being great all episode. Two to Joey, funniest he's been so far. And one to Monica. She has the best reactions to things around her and is so nice. She now has two friends staying at her place. The eggplant goes to Ross. A little mopey is fine, but this was too much. Yeah. Yep, which takes us to Kyle King. Okay, so right off the bat, I have some issues. Monica knowing October 20th was Ross's sexiversary is now <laughs> the new weird high bar of their weird yes. relationship. Then why did Joey and Chandler just come across three hockey tickets? Very odd, odd number to just happen upon. I've, so I've, I've sold a number of tickets over the years. I will say that three is actually the number of tickets of the one to four range that typically generates the highest return. It's actually a very good is it, But that's selling. because there's the fewest number. What do you mean? Right? So that's why they're more expensive. Right, I guess. Because um, like, most people with four won't sell you three. So you have to um, find a three person. No, so I, if when I sell four, I will sell three, but I price my tickets higher because I know I could sell the three for more and then sell the fourth and, and still come out ahead. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I always let people buy three because people will pay more for three. So you've outsmarted the system. Um, well, well, I've been giving good advice over the years. Monica making Phoebe eat goose? What the hell? Despite those nitpicks, I thought this was a pretty funny episode. Great lines from the entire cast. Best line goes to Phoebe with the operation line. We can prep the guy. 4.1 moves. <laughs> okay. Beat Rose says, the show seems to be in traditional 90s sitcom mode at this point. I assume they're getting and using network notes, but to me, it just feels kind of generic. The cold open each episode of them chatting is my favorite part of each episode so far. My sense is that that stops in later seasons because they open they open up to a bit more storylines. I guess we'll see. My recollection is still that like the cold open and then the post closing are kind of maybe not the post closing, but the, you know the, the pre credits. Um, I feel like that like remains for the most part kind of just like a one off joke or one off bit. Um, yeah, it's a little like Seinfeld, though, how in early Seinfeld, we always have stand up and mid Seinfeld, right. we sometimes do. And by the end, they're just cutting right into the story. immediately. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll have to track that. Yeah. Um, well, what is Beats? Uh, maybe if uh, Beat can let us know next time what his friend's like background is, because I, I wasn't sure for the message. Is he a first time watcher or is he a veteran watcher? Yeah, well, he says his sense is that it stops in later seasons, so he's probably not just making that up. I assume he's probably seen some, at least. The timeline for this episode kind of makes no sense. We talked about that. Rachel just getting her first yeah. paycheck as she worked there for only two weeks. Yeah. The, for the stakes, he gives two to Chandler, two to Joey for taking Ross with them, and one to Monica for hosting. The eggplant goes to Ross. The come with guy is George Stephanopoulos, not just for what he did with the woman with the lights out, but also not complaining about getting the wrong pizza. 
The asshole is the pizza delivery guy who brings the wrong pizzas to multiple people, guilts them into keeping it, and gives out the names and locations of a semi-celebrity who ordered the pizza, got the wrong pizza, and didn't complain. I don't think there is pizza man, pizza eater uh, confidentiality. confidentiality. I don't believe so. Yeah, I so, think I think the be. pizza delivery man is. You think there should be? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the pizza delivery man can snitch away. <laughs> and he gives the episode two point one moo points. Jim Crumley says that this was another okay episode. Neither plot was terribly exciting or groundbreaking, but there were some good lines. Probably the most dated feeling episode so far. Two and a half moos. Fucking asshole is Nurse Sizemore. At least you got a puck. The come with guy is George for giving the ladies a show. In terms of stakes, he gives one to Rachel for growing and drawing the distinction right away between Friends and Seinfeld. Three stakes. She had the best lines to Phoebe. And one stake goes to Chandler for some good lines. Ross gets the eggplant for being whiny. This isn't across the board uh, sentiment, yeah. it seems. Uh, plus, yeah, your sister that's... knowing the day that you lost your virginity. Yeesh. Uh, who who got the puck at the end of the episode? Does the kid climb over the nursing station and take the puck back? Does <laughs> Nurse Sizemore question. get to that keep was the a, puck now? That was a very shitty kid. Um, no, so Nurse Sizemore, I think, is unconscious. I say I think Ross or, or Joey are going to run and pick it up. But how do they get back there into the nurse's station? Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Maybe the, the puck is still there. If we go right now, we could grab it. All right. Zach Brooks says that good time to opportunity to celebrate our first sporting event on Friends. Looked like a great hockey game at the Garden. Would you rather have a mushroom, green pepper, and onion pizza or a fat-free crust with extra cheese? Um, yeah, I mean, we don't really understand what this fat-free crust is. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Uh, mushrooms, pepper, and onions. I don't love green peppers, but in the pizza, I'm, I'm happy with that combo. Yeah, that, that's a fine combo. I don't like too many vegetables on my pizza because yeah. it sort of weighs it down. A hundred percent. Yeah, and then it be, right, it becomes yeah. like a like a quiche then, and you're just like have to eat it yeah. before a knife. But but I would say I would say black olives are my number one draft pick if I'm drafting toppings on a pizza. Interesting. Keeping um, in mind as Jews that we don't have any meat options. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a big I'm a big onions fan. Um, I'm also a big pineapple pizza fan. I know it's controversial, but I really like. No, it. I like pineapple also, but that's yeah. I, I like pineapple, but I wouldn't draft. That's not a first round draft pick. You can get yeah, it in yeah, the sixth yeah. round. It's like a yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. like uh, like onions and peppers is, is I, I really like. Um, um and I'll I would take say mushrooms. mushrooms is my number two after uh, black black olives. Right. Obvious eggplant for Rachel's annoying old friends, but I would love to give an eggplant to Ross for being such a sad sack, and an eggplant for Monica for sneaking meat into Phoebe's vegetarian dish. No specific Wait, how steaks. Is this? Eh, this is none of these are official. <laughs> um, and he gives it uh, three moves. How many steaks can you make per moo? I don't know how that works. We got to figure out the math there. Okay. And finally, we end off with Olin Allen, who says that this episode reminded him of how he was the annoying kid in school who, if someone is struggling with a tough name, would constantly come in and pronounce it and carry further on from there. Sri Lankan cricket players and Tongan rugby players are particular favorites. A classic structure episode as we split into two gangs of three and have all six involved. Some good gags and love nurse Seismer are very sassy and excellent at making the emergency units. And I adored Phoebe's onesie too. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, you noted that. Uh, steaks and eggplants, two each to Monica and Phoebe for their great mocking of Rachel's ex friends and the slumber party, one to Rachel by earning the check and putting up with these atrocious snobs. And the eggplant, of course, goes to Ross, hoping so much about the first time, which evidently he has shared the intimate details of with his sister. Here's yes. the episode 4.1 moves. The come with guy is the guy who brought the cushion back. And the fucking asshole is one of the gruesome threesome of Rachel's snare, snaring judgmental ex-friends. So I will go with Joanne, the one who has made partner partner at her father's firm. <laughs> and 
And that is our postman we have told the neighborhood. Later on on Friends, we'll meet, uh, I think Mr. Heckles is his name, the, the yes. downstairs yeah. neighbor. Uh, yes, but that's not the one who returns the burden today. Uh, no, no, this guy is completely uncredited. Now, Mr. Heckles is a famous actor, but I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, it's Larry Hankin. Yeah, it's he, not a name that I recognize. He was on Breaking Bad. But he must just be a, he's a that guy. Well, yeah, he was on. He was, he was on Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. He was the one of the police officers in Home Alone. He usually gives off the impression of sort of like his friend's character, like annoyed. Yeah. Sort of short-tempered a little bit. Yeah. 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 Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, what do we have next week of? Next week, we have season one, episode five, one. the East German laundry detergent. Yes, uh, which reminds me of the German phone cards, which was the name of your fantasy football team one year. Was it? Oh, because of the chess blog. Yeah, we had a blog, uh, the two of us and another guy in 2004. And then the other guy deleted it, and the URL was purchased by a German uh, phone card uh, advertiser. Yes, yes. Lots yes. of money was made. Um, yeah, <laughs> not by us. Not by us. Yeah, and I'm um, guessing by them probably not much more than uh, this podcast starts. So, yeah. so that'll be fun. We kind of get uh, yeah. Ross and Rachel's first date, such as it is. Iconic episode, I feel like. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is uh, a very you know iconic, memorable one. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, right, well, so, let's, so that'll uh, be fun. Yeah, let's look forward to that. Um, happy Fourth to everyone, including to you. Even the non-Americans, even the losers and the haters, even the losers, haters, especially the losers and the haters. Yeah. They're the ones that need to uh, understand it the most. Um, Well, this was great. And uh, see you next week. Get a life, Jews.